All right, we are off and running on the next edition of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here, Mr. Brad Thomas. It is good to be back. It is August. It is conference preview season. Dude, it feels like it's been forever uh, since we recorded the show. And I, I've actually had people reach out and be like, hey, man, you guys recording soon? I said, listen, football season will be here before you know it. And I feel like football season's here. I've already done a couple of breakdowns uh, on TikTok. Now we're going to have these uh, these breakdowns on what's the spread. It's a great time of year. Just a couple of weeks away from the college football season in what very well could be our final Pac-12 preview ever. Yeah, crazy. And, you know, you and I, Brad, have been talking about this for, for years. We've been talking about realignment, expansion, what it means for college football. But never did I think it would happen this quickly, where we're sitting in 2023 and there's already a Power 5 conference that may be decimated. And it it seems like it happened overnight. The fact that the ACC is talking about grabbing Pac-12 teams, like when I saw that, I was like, like the ACC, ACC, it's actually crazy. Like, man, I'm actually glad, like, for college football – because of this, because of the opportunity that we get to have good on good. It's kind of like as if college football had its own relegation system. Like you see like the good teams are being promoted through conferences and then the bad teams get left behind. And it's not necessarily like they're bad performing teams, but these, when we look at the teams that are getting left behind, they're teams who aren't big teams in the media. They're not spending money on their facilities. They're not trying to do whatever it takes to elevate their program. And so I, I don't feel bad. Um, someone told me I should feel bad for the kids that are going to play at these schools. BS. They're living out their dreams of dreams of playing college football. Like I, I feel, don't feel any remorse because someone who pl- went to go play at Cal is not going to be in the Pac-12 for the rest of their career. I don't care. So because of that, these previews are going to look a lot different next year. But as it stands, we've got some really good teams in the Pac-12, Brad. Oh. Most of them will be going to the Big Ten next year. And we've got some other programs in the mid-tier that are hopping over to the Big 12. Utah's going to the Big 12, presumably. Let's start with USC. Let's start with the story of the conference. You know, going into last year, the big question was, how much of an impact is Lincoln Riley going to have in just one season? And he was one game away from the playoff. Pretty impressive. Very impressive. I will uh, go ahead and say this. I was a naysayer on the impact of what was going to happen uh, with Lincoln Riley going over to USC. But listen, I I can't be mad at my prediction because I still had Utah winning the conference and I still had uh, Caleb Williams winning the Heisman. So I I fared pretty well. Now, in terms of USC's team total, I was pretty inaccurate on that. Um, It's going to be interesting to see if they could fix defensively. Uh, They're pretty bad defense. Uh, they didn't make enough changes to think that it would be like some hallmark change. It's just a year two of these guys being together. Yeah, I think we know what we have in a Lincoln Riley team. It is his second season. Uh, step up, I don't think is the right word because he was only one game away from the playoff last year. Yeah. But I will say there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this conference that are going to step up and compete with the Caleb Williams. You got Penix for Washington, Knicks for Oregon. You got DJ at Oregon State. Looking at USC's conference schedule, you could argue that they actually have the easiest road in conference. Utah and Washington at home, their only big road game in conference is at Oregon, and they miss Oregon State. Uh, So, you know, I I think that has a lot to do with them being the heavy favorite. 
Yeah, I went ahead and I bet them to win the conference at plus 200. It's down about 10 cents now. And it's all about the conference schedule, right? Like not Oregon State is going to be my sleeper team in this conference. Not to win it, but to be the one who goes. And when they play the Utahs, when they play the Washington States, they play the Oregons. Is going to come out of these with more wins than losses. They're just going to be firing off wins. I think they're a 9 or 10 win team and they're going to upset some people. Avoiding Oregon State is huge for them. Um, and then getting Utah at home after having that road game with Notre Dame, because there's nothing like having a massive road game and then having to go back on the road game, back on the road in conference. Like I would have probably chalked it up as a loss. Um, and, you know, this is a team that returns 78% of the production. Like they are one of the highest returning production teams in college football. And people are going to say, yeah, sure. They're returning a high production from a bad defense. I don't care. It's about repetition and playing together. And honestly, like you said, they were one win away from the college football playoffs. Their defense is only going to get better. Yeah. Hard to argue against USC as the favorite here. Uh, you brought up Utah. Let's talk about Utah for a second. They have won the Pac-12 two years in a row. This conference has gone through Utah. They beat USC twice last year. They beat Oregon <laughs> twice the year previously, who Oregon was the presumed favorites that year. USC was the favorite last year, but it continues to be Utah that comes out on top. When I was looking at this conference, Brad, I was close to picking Utah to three-peat this conference. They do it so differently than everybody else. You know their defense is going to be good. Kyle Whittingham is the most tenured, one of the most tenured coaches in the yes. entire country. And if you go back to that Utah-USC championship game last year, the one thing that you had to see is the physicality of this Utah football team. When you go up against them in a big game, they are tough to beat because they have that kind of style that they've been playing for so long, kind of like a yeah. Wisconsin uh, or yeah. old school Wisconsin uh, in the Big Ten, you know, uh, uh, in Iowa. You know the, the style that they're going to come in and play. It matches up well against these high-flying offenses who don't play with a good defense. Dude, yeah, and I agree. And, like, you know, the biggest question mark around Utah is Cam Rising. But if you look how they open their schedule, it sets up fairly well for him to kind of just ease his way back into playing shape. Uh, they open up, they open with Florida at home. And listen, I'm very low on the Gators. And then they go to BYU. Um, they play an FCS school and then, and then host UCLA. I'm low on UCLA who lost DTR and Charbonnet. So they can start the season. They can start the season four. zero before they even have to go and play in Beaver stadium, excuse me, play for at Oregon state. So. Yeah. Pretty uh, good start to the schedule, but at Oregon State, at USC, at Washington, it's, it's tough. a pretty tough schedule for Utah, which which really is every team besides USC who, who misses Oregon State, but but all these teams are going to have to play each other. Uh, yeah. But you know that Utah is going to be right there at plus 600. It's not a bad bet. So let's go over to Washington. Yeah, Kalen DeBoer comes into Washington last year and completely transforms the program, going from four wins to ten wins. Michael Penix Jr., you and I knew this kid was going to be good, but I don't think anybody could have predicted that he was going to be that good, and now he's coming yeah. back for another year. Dude, listen, I'm excited about this team. I, I took a little bit of Michael Penix to win the Heisman at 18-1 to 1 because the schedule sets up so favorably to already pump the really high numbers that he had last year. This team was number one in EPA per play on offense in the entire country last year, and they're only going to get better playing together again. Well, listen, they play against Boise State, Tulsa, and Michigan State, all teams that you'll be able, they'll be able to be able to air raid against. Then they they uh have Cal, but that would probably be lower scoring in comparison. But then 
Arizona, and then they welcome Oregon, right? And then you say, when is the Heisman moment going to come? They travel in week 10 to play USC and then uh, travel again to Oregon State in week, uh, was it week 12? He has multiple opportunities to have Heisman moments against teams that should have winning records and teams that should be vying for a conference, a spot in the conference title game. Yeah, Penix is a, is a guy that I really don't want to put too much faith in, and I don't want to hype him up so much. <laughs> but, you know, there there is reason for it after the incredible season that he had last year. But the question yeah. is, Washington as a whole, they really struggled on defense. Like a lot of these teams Very did. Bad. Washington struggled on defense. Oregon struggled on defense. USC. Um, so it's really whoever is going to take that next step on that side of the ball that could really have an advantage from getting to the championship game. But I love Michael Penix. I think he has an opportunity with the receivers that he has coming into this year to really make a big impact. Uh, it sets up well for them. Yeah, I agree. All right, so let's go ahead and land on Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks. And I'll tell you, between Oregon, Washington, USC, all three of those teams had playoff hopes at some point last year. Uh, and at some point in the season, Washington early, Oregon mid, USC late, they all had their eyes on the playoff. Oregon's going to be good again. And we got another returning quarterback here in Bo Nix, who I feel like yes. we've been talking about for decades. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> He's been on this team for freaking ever. Um, Miles, first I want to hear your opinion on what you think of Oregon. Um, today when I did a show, uh, one of the guys said they have Oregon in the playoffs, but I want to hear what you have to say. Thing about Oregon is, and and I mentioned this in our top twenty-five preview, is that with Dan Lanning coming in, I really thought that they would get back to their defensive identity, their offensive line, their running game. It wasn't quite the team that I saw last year, but the version of Oregon that went on the field last year was very talented. And behind yeah. Bo Nix, they were able to win those big games. They had a high-flying offense, thirty-eight point eight points per game in twenty twenty-two. Going into this year. They are returning seven starters on defense, which really helps, but they're replacing a lot of starters on the offensive line. Overall, yes. I feel really good about Oregon. Um, I think they absolutely have a shot to make it to the championship game. Playoff, I feel like it is is a little much, but I'll get to that later. I don't know if I see any playoff teams in, in, in this conference. Yeah. Um, but their schedule really sets up for it. They do have to go at Washington, at Utah, but they get USC at home. That's always important. Yeah, they have a. This is one of those schedules where if they can get to the bye week undefeated, they have they're playing with house money because there's no way they come unscathed with that three game trip right there at Washington. Welcome Washington State, which smells like a trap game the week before traveling uh, to take on the Utes. There, you you said it best. Re the replacing the offensive line is going to be tough, especially for a team that has a quarterback like Bo Nix who doesn't like to have pressure in his face. But I I'm not terribly like down on their schedule maybe the tough road game against texas tech but i think they should they should beat the the red raiders there and they'll probably split washington and utah and then usc at home is always great so like i could see them in the title game yeah uh, i'm not as high on oregon as everybody else is but definitely a reason that they're plus 300 um they looked really good last year as long as bo Nix is healthy they're gonna have a shot i mean when when you've got a conference with caleb williams bo Nix. Michael Penix, there is some serious quarterback power in this conference. Speaking of, let's slide over to Oregon State. In yes. What you already mentioned could be a surprise team here. The odds are very favorable. Going back, and the reason I say that is because for those of you who, who didn't watch Oregon State last year, this is a good football team who was missing a passing game. They, yes. they're, they're one of the best running offenses in the conference. 
one of the best defenses in the conference. They're tough to play at home. They got great coaching. So is DJ Uyunglele the missing piece for this Oregon State team? I think they're definitely going to win a lot of games this year. I think Oregon State is in a great spot this year. Oregon State is my dark horse of the conference. And a lot of that has to do with they didn't need a quarterback to be – they didn't need a Caleb Williams. They didn't need a Michael Penix. They didn't need a Bo Nix. They need someone who could just move the chains when the running game wasn't working or when they got third and long. They have such a great running game. And unlike a lot of these teams with the exception of Utah, they play really good defense. Now when we take a look at their schedule – Wa-la-la, no USC on the schedule. They get Washington at home. They get Utah at home. This is a team that if the cards fall where they may, where they won nine games last season, I think there's no question that they can win another nine, possibly 10, and challenge for one of those spots in the conference title game. And Oregon State as a program is in a very precarious position right now. They they don't have uh, a conference that they're moving yep. to, presumably, yet in 2024. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Do they go back to the Mountain West? Does the Pac-12 get more teams? I don't know. But in the meantime, Oregon State was a surprise team last year, and I expect that to be uh, the same story this year. I think that they can definitely win some games. And as you said, they miss USC. Um, They've got Utah and Washington at home. They do go at Oregon, um, but they have no problem with Oregon in that rivalry. So no, uh, they were able to get the best of them uh, last year. So at plus 1,100, that is not a bad bet because Oregon State no. could definitely find their way in the title game, especially uh, in, in a situation at the end of the year if you've got all these teams at the top and you've got tiebreaker situations. Yeah. All right, so this time last year, uh, you and I were both high on UCLA and the firepower that, that they had going into the year, but – how do we feel about Chip Kelly's crew this year? Chip Kelly's crew is in trouble. Um, they're playing. They're going to probably be playing uh, a true freshman quarterback who is now having NIL issues, um, which makes it even more scary. Uh, they replace, what, two what, their first and second string running backs, the Charbonnet and the backup. Uh, no no uh, blanket receiver in, in, uh, in Bobo. Jake Bobo's gone. They're in trouble. They are in trouble. They – have a situation where it's going to be tough sledding. Um, I don't think their schedule's too, too hard. They have to play at Oregon, at Utah. They also have, might have a tough test in week two at San Diego State. But anytime you have to play USC, when that's your rivalry, it's always going to be a challenge, especially if your team is not ready on the field because USC can run it up on you, and they should this year. I'm pretty low on them. I think their win total is only set at like six and a half. I would be surprised if they win more than seven games. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. I think a bowl trip is the only thing that uh, is, yeah. is in the cards for them this year. It won't get any easier next year going into the Big Ten, but this year nope. there are just too many tough teams at the top uh, for UCLA, UCLA to really come in and make a difference uh, without an experienced quarterback. And I, I think in, in the end that's really going to hurt them, and we're going to see how important DTR was to that team last year. Um, Absolutely. And to this program. So Deion Sanders at Colorado. It seems like in my off-season podcast feed, all I ever heard about was Deion Sanders at Colorado. And, and, and listen, I'm just as excited as anybody else to watch Deion Sanders come in and see what he can do to build a program. But let's be real here. Colorado could start this year 1-5 and five with the schedule that they have. Yes, they could easily start 1-5. and five. I don't see them winning more than three games. Like, I, I at TCU – Nebraska's going to be much better this year. So that's not a shoe in. They'll probably beat Colorado State. 
But then they got to go Oregon, USC, and then back at Arizona State. Yeah, we'll maybe give them a 50-50 chance with, with uh, Stanford. Not super high on either team. But then at Utah, USC, and Oregon State kind of ending the season there. Like, Deion Sanders, you know, he's bringing pizzazz, spice to this team. But this is not an HBCU. You're not just going to out-recruit with – I don't want to say mid-tier talent because it's kind of disrespectful, but you're not going to out-recruit these guys in year one, especially when 75% of the scholarship athletes on your team are gone. It's just his son could be the best player in the conference, and they still would be SOL. They're going to be smaller, less physical. Miles, if they win five games this season, that is a massive win for that program. Yeah, I think Colorado fits much better into a new Big 12 going into next year than they ever did or would fit into this Pac-12. I don't think it's been a good fit for them from the beginning. I don't think they ever should have left the Big 12. I think that 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 program is going back to where they should be. And I think Deion Sanders could be successful. I'm not going to say one way or the other, but this is not going to be the year. They're going to be interesting to watch, uh, but no more than three or four wins for the Buffs this year. Yeah. All right, so – Looking towards the end of the season, who do we got pay, uh, playing for the Pac-12 championship? Who you got in the title game? I have, Man, this is a tough one. USC versus Oregon State. I like the pick. So what do you like about Oregon State in that title game? I like Oregon State. Their schedule sets up favorably, and they'll be able to play defense. When it comes late in the season, and these guys, these teams that have these high-flying offenses – They're going to be a little banged up. They're going to be tired. It's going to be which teams can win the battle up front, which teams can grind out wins late in the season. And I think Oregon State is set up best to do that against the likes of a Washington and Oregon. And I also think that these top teams are going to be beating the crap out of each other. Like USC, Washington, Oregon all play each other, where uh, Oregon State doesn't play, only plays two of the three, and then they get Utah at home. So who do you like? Who's winning? I like USC to win. I actually think USC beats them handedly. Um, I think this is going to be one of those situations where Lincoln Riley gets back into the title game. They establish the lead and then they just keep going. I think USC is best set up for a transition year. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is with the coaching that they have in Lincoln Riley, I think that they can really capitalize on this being the final year of the Pac-12, whereas there may be other conferences who are already looking towards their move to the Big Ten and, and might have a little more uh, difficulty with the transition. But when you've got a quarterback like Caleb Williams and you've got a system in place that Lincoln Riley has, I think USC is going to be really tough to beat. I've got USC yeah. in the title game. And between Oregon, Washington, and Utah, I was trying to decide who I wanted in that title game. I think Washington is going to be the one that ends up there in the end with Michael Penix in that passing game. I'm hesitant. Because with Kalen DeBoer, I, I know he's a good coach, but he doesn't have the uh, the resume and and the, the style that Lincoln Riley has and going into his second year. There there may be a fall, but when you've got Penix coming back into that system and the receivers yeah. that, that they have, I think that their shortcomings on defense will be okay. And as you said, I think all these teams are going to beat each other up. I will not have a playoff team coming from the Pac-12 this year. Exactly. Agreed. I think there's going to be – you know. E- USC wins the conference, but I think USC goes into that title game with a 10 and two record. Um, and and I, I, I think we could see two and three win teams at the top. And I think that they're going to beat each other up. 
But I think USC yeah. will be the ones that will take the conference in the end. I totally agree. It just feels like one of those years with these, there's so much parity, especially among the quarterbacks. Um, I have them 10 wins. I bet them to uh, win uh, at least 10 games uh, and I bet them over 10. So if they don't get to the 11, I won't be sad and I won't be shocked, but at least I get a little bit of push protection. And I just feel like, especially after seeing the playoff last year, that the, you know, there's still those best programs coming out of the SEC and coming out of the yep. Big Ten. They are the most talented programs right now. The Big Ten gets two teams in last year. The SEC continually gets two teams in. And I just feel like that's where it continues to be. Yeah, USC was one win away from the playoff last year, but then they got absolutely destroyed by Utah yes. in the championship game. And it's it's just too difficult in a Pac-12 that's so top heavy with so many talented quarterbacks. It's going to be hard for one of those teams to come out with uh, less than one loss, less than two yeah, losses it, even. Like if we see like a, a one loss team come out, it's just going to be, I think they're going to be like one of those teams that could win a national championship because they're, they're one of those teams that is dodging major damage, which is how good these teams are. But I don't have a Pac-12 in, in, in my title game. I mean, in my uh, college football playoff. Well, last year of the Pac-12, we think – uh, yeah. it, it should be a good one. I, I can't wait to see how it plays out. Yeah, man, this should be fun. And guys, everyone listening, make sure that you su subscribe and you rate. And if you're watching on YouTube, ring the bell, tells you when we post a new video and press the like button. For Miles Markowitz, I'm Brad Thomas. Thanks for checking out What's the Spread.